0: 475. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm the host of the Spurs cast. Joining me this Tuesday evening is Project Spurs' own Michael DeLeon via Skype. Mike, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm getting ready for the holidays, so it's getting a little colder around here, but I'm uh, pretty happy. And then we've
0: got some winds coming up apparently over the past few games. So I'm um, doing alright overall. Awesome, dude. Good good to hear from you. Yeah, definitely the holidays are coming up, so it's gonna get um, you know, it's gonna be a nice like little bit of downtime here. Coming up, even though the Spurs keep playing during the holidays, so it doesn't matter. Their schedule does not stop the NBA schedule. All right, so uh, Spurs cast listeners on the agenda for for you all. Um, Mike and I will go ahead and break down the Spurs' last three games, go into detail about them. Uh, The situation with Kawhi Leonard's injury... um, you know how the Spurs are bringing them back, their game plan, and why some right now some fans aren't too happy with how, how it's happening. Uh, it's, it's more of a slow process. You got to wait and see. Uh, our second topic we're going to talk about how if the Spurs can figure out a way to get Dejounte Murray some consistent minutes, even with Tony Parker there and Patty Mills. And then um, lastly, we'll, we'll preview the Spurs' upcoming four games, uh, and Mike and I will pick a winner and see. You know how, how we fare. Okay, so Mike, let's go ahead and turn it. Get into our first topic, which is the Spurs' last three games. Um, I had Steven on last week. And we both predicted they'd go 2-1 and one during that slate. And, of course, they, they did. They lost to the Rockets, like we, both, like we both thought they would do. Now, they lost to the Rockets by 15 points on Friday. Um, any just quick takeaways from that game? What did you think?
1: I mean, the Rockets are for real, definitely. I mean, I know it's early, but, you know, a lot of people have wondered about them. And it's just like, are they for real? And they looked at the record. They're standing on top of the Western Conference. And, I mean, they definitely are. They've got their perimeter shooting is, is really crazy. And they're able to put up a lot of points. I mean, they put up almost 30 points every quarter in that game, and um, I saw even like last night where James Harden didn't have a great game, and somehow they are still able to like blow past. I can't remember who they are playing, so that was kind of my takeaway: is that Rockets are definitely going to be there, you know, and Chris Paul and James Harden are definitely working out. Obviously, with I'm sorry, obviously with injuries and things like that, and and bringing players back, which will. will dig deeper on later I mean you're not gonna it's kind of hard to measure uh head to head until you have two fully healthy teams but um I mean that's all I got from that
0: yeah, and one of the biggest things, like you mentioned, I you you really see that the Rockets, the biggest part that I really saw from them is that they they're they're top ten defensively now. Like they they're not just a team where you, they're just going to score on you, but on the other end of the ball, they're going to actually play defense. Chris Paul is very you know very um, a very very aggressive defender. You have a lot of help defenders now with PJ Tucker and guys like that all around the perimeter. Uh, Trevor Reza, they can double um, Aldridge in the post, and then of course. For the Spurs, you know, there was their second game back with Kawhi. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of consistency. I mean, you knew it was kind of over. I think they had a, a back-to-back the second night, so Pop had to watch the minutes. So immediately when they went down by a lot of points, he pulled the starters to, to start the fourth quarter. So that wasn't a surprise when the Spurs is in. But for the Rockets, you're right, man. They look, they look really good right now. Um, the, the following night, the Spurs... Uh, Went back home. and They played the Dallas Mavericks. They they ended up they 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 were trailing that entire game. The most they were down by was 16 points. They were down 11 with 4 11 to go in the fourth quarter, and and miraculously, it's Monta who puts up the game winning layup, goes left, uh, and they beat Dallas by two points um, in the last three seconds of the ball game. So, uh, any any takeaways from there?
1: You know, I liked uh, what I saw from Marcus Aldridge. Um, he had 22 and 14 that game. He's continued to uh, be aggressive then. Uh, the Chucky Murray has, has had his struggles, gives him to uh, foul trouble, which he did then, but he was also able to help. And, and we're starting to see a lot more of him, especially on the boards, when he does get minutes, because that's been something that's hard to come by as well. And then we saw a little bit more of, um, you know, josh Burton's came in and, and it was able to make his impact. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a crazy game to see them down by, so, you know, for a majority of the game. And then, you know, when when it... Everybody called it. Grandpa just
0: so what was he needed? It it came through. Yeah, and you know, he, even before that layup that he made, he made that big play where he uh, he he got Wesley Matthews to throw the inbound off, and Monty Ginobili did uh, just that. And um, you're right about Murray there. You know, he got in foul trouble, four fouls, I think, in the first half, and he was actually able to turn around. He was a big, he was a big um, key turning point in that game for San Antonio. Um, so then the Spurs were off on on Sunday, and then they played again on Monday. Um, against the Clippers, who were, who were without five of their, their core guys. Uh, so the Spurs ended up winning that game by 18. It was still kind of an inconsistent performance from San Antonio where they built a big lead. The Clippers got down to like 11 in the fourth quarter, but then San Antonio held on. Um, Kawhi Leonard played a little bit in this game, just one half, um, but the Spurs did um, get the win. Any, any takeaways from there?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, my notes on this were very much uh, like what you said. The one thing that kind of worries me is, is the inconsistency and the fact that they were able to build up those big leads where they go on, like, uh, the first quarter, I think this quarter, like, 31 points, it was a, a big margin over the Clippers, and then the second quarter was, you know, that they had their struggles, and they have these, these lapses, it seems like, every once in a while, and they'll let the other team, and with the team, like the Clippers, who are missing swing plays, it's kind of hard to see that, especially because they should, you would expect them to be a little more consistent, be able to keep pretty comfortable lead throughout that game, um, but, you know, just looking at, that, uh, you know, you're looking at kind of the same players as always that uh, were able to uh, make a difference. And that's uh, Aldridge again at, uh 19 points. And uh got to see Kawhi for a little bit, obviously. And, uh, you know, not not enough to get uh, a major sizes but Tony Parker as well. I mean, him getting a little more minutes, a few more minutes as he continues to progress. It gets um, a little more comfortable, I guess, uh, with increased minutes. And he's able to... Um, get things done there, and, and it's looking good. So um, I like what i see so far. I know a lot of people won't because of the minutes, things like that. But in that game, aside from that, that one area of concern, and, and again, that's another thing that's going to come from when you're shuffling people in another out of the lineup and when you're, uh, you know, sending players out, you never know. What, you can't really get any kind of a flow going, I think, a lot of times, and that can kind of hurt as well.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree there. Um, with that point, yeah, I don't have much else to add. You co- you pretty much covered the Clippers game there. Um, so the Spurs right now sit twenty one and ten. Um, on, on the year, um, third third in the Western Conference. Let's go to go into our first topic, Mike, and that's obviously Kawhi Leonard. A lot of people are there was some, there was not I want to say negative. I would say concerned commentary from from a lot of the fan base. Um, people wondering what happened. So so here was, um here's what's happening so far. Uh, he played in his first game against Dallas. Um, he uh, last week on Tuesday, uh, he played sixteen minutes. Um. Then he sat out the next game, uh, and then he, he played against no. Then he played against Houston sorry, there. So he plays against Houston. He's, he plays 17 minutes, 12 points, four rebounds. Uh, he sits out the following game, and then he, uh, against Dallas in San Antonio. And then he played again Monday. Now here's the interesting thing about Monday's performance or, or minutes, should I say? Um, you know, before the game, Pop had said that he wants to get Kawhi back up. You know, increase his minutes game by game. Well, he only played in the first half against the Clippers 16 minutes. He scored seven points, four rebounds. He had a rookie guarding of CJ Williams uh, from the Clips, who's actually on a, on a G League contract, a two way contract. And the, the weird thing was that Kawhi came out for the second half. I was, I was at the game um, covering it. He came out like in his warm ups, like ready to play, but then. When when all the players went back to the bench, uh, Rudy Gay ended up, you know, starting the second half, and then Kawhi just went straight, you know, it was, I guess he, he knew that he wasn't going to play the second half after that point, and so he um, he just took off to the locker room, and then he just never came back, so I guess it's part of the injury, maybe they're giving him rehab, you know, he's doing some sort of rehab program in, in, the, in the back end that we don't see, but it was weird that, that you think that his minutes look like this, they look like... Uh, 16 versus Dallas, 17 versus Houston, now 16 versus the Clippers. And you think that they try to make some sort of progression, and it's not happening. And obviously, it's, it's frustrating some of the fans who really want to see him out there with the players. Um, and then some of his teammates did hint that there could be some sort of confidence issue with Kawhi as far as like, kind of get his feet under him. Here's what Tony Parker said um, last night after the game against the Clippers. He said, it's going to take some time for him to find his rhythm and for everyone to find their role on the team. Pal Gasol said of Kawhi, it's hard to be out there for 15 minutes. You can see that it's difficult, but it's a process. So uh, where where are you, Mike, right now in terms of Kawhi coming back? Is it something where you like, the, the fans need to have patience? Like it's going to be – this is not like something you're just going to rush him back into where he's getting 30 minutes a night? Or or, or did, are you seeing some sort of concerning um, signs here?
1: No, not really. I mean obviously the, the stamina thing was going to be something where they have to work him back in and he's got to work his stamina back up. But – I like the program they have them in right now, and I think it's smart what they're doing because a lot of times you'll see players that are brought back, and they are expected to play their normal minutes, and they're rushed back, and you're throwing them right back into it, and I think, you know, the coaching staff is, is being smart about how they, they've they done it with Tony Parker and how they're doing it with Kawhi, where they're, they're not trying to rush him back in and try to get him re-entering something and, and not having him, you know, for a playoff or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, he, he sat out that Dallas game. He's going to sit out tomorrow against Portland. And you know, I get that. You know, the fans may not be too happy because they want to. They're excited about seeing him. But you know, last night he had 16 minutes, and I'm guessing that's kind of the allotment they're giving him. So he was set up in the first half. So I'm probably like, okay, well, that's it. And I'm I'm completely fine with that, especially in a game against the Clippers, where it seems like they should have had a, a pretty good grasp a, on that. You don't want to risk anything, and so I think you know slowly. What the the thing about uh confidence? That's also anytime you have an injury like that. I mean, I injured uh my MCL a few years ago, and I remember just just getting off crutches and just standing and walking on it was like it, it gets in your head. And we, we, I think we've seen that from Derek Rose too, when when him coming back from injuries. So obviously, that's when you want to take your time with and. I, I haven't seen anything to the level where I'm concerned that, you know, he's favoring it or he's just like too careful when he's out there. I mean, he just seems to be focused on the game. So, um, you know, it, it's just going to take some time and and I'm totally fine with, with them taking that time to get him back in, getting that stamina back up and getting him comfortable.
0: Yeah. And I think some of this right now that for the fans, it kind of stems from recency bias, I would say, is like. Just last week, you know, it was only a week ago. Stephen and I recorded, and it was after he had played in that first game against Dallas, and he put up this major stat line in, like, you know, one half a play or three quarters to play. And Stephen and I were, were like, "Man, this guy didn't miss a beat after not playing basketball since May." Well, after then, you know, you saw him against the Rockets, put him like the numbers that I mentioned. But then, you know, last night you did see him struggle a little bit. He couldn't find his role, went when to assert himself. Uh, the, the guys didn't know what to do when, when he was on the floor, and so maybe that's where it was more of a recency thing. We're all just we're, we're all harping right now on this last performance against the Clippers. And how he didn't play in the second half when really it's only been three games. Like, like I even told Steven last last week, you know, you got to give him ten to fifteen games in good minutes, you know, twenty five plus before he can really evaluate his status. And so yeah, it comes down to just like I, I'm with, I'm with you, Mike, Mike where you just got to be you got to be patient with him. It's going to be a process. Something that Manu kind of mentioned last night was that it's a they almost have like a cushion right now to kind of integrate players back in, like Parker and, and Kawhi, slowly because they're, they're doing well even without Imanu says we're so deep that we can still win games, you know, without, without our top guys. So they're, um, you know, they're third in the Western Conference. You know, they could lose two or three games here, and they'd still be third in the Western Conference. They're, they're obviously probably not going to catch uh, Golden State or Houston unless those two teams go on a, on a major uh, downhill turn. But they're, they're, they're safe, you know, in the, in the third spot right now uh, with or without Kawhi. And so I think that that's why you see Pop being so cautious with him and Tony. You know, you see that you mentioned right now, they have a back-to-back coming Wednesday and Thursday, in Portland and then Thursday in in Utah – and and uh, they've already decided they're going to sit Parker and Kawhi for in- in- injury um, management rehab, and then they're probably going to play on Thursday because that's a national game. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be there for Utah. So so right now because it's not like a dire situation, it's only December. You know they can be as slow as they want. Obviously it probably is frustrating, like you mentioned for Kawhi. Uh, you know he wants to get his legs under him. He wants to get that confidence back where he feels he can attack the rim. He can do a lot of different things, and it's hard, like Pal mentioned, when you're only playing 15 minutes. So so for those fans concerned, I would say again. To let him take his time getting back him and Parker. When you really see him playing 25 minutes of and like 15 game sample size, that's when you can kind of get a better assessment of where he's at. If he's still having some issues then yes, then it's a problem. But if he's not, and it, you know, I think once he gets his legs under him and gets his minutes back, he'll, he'll they're going to be okay. But again, it may not happen these next 10 games. It's going to be a while. Pop's going to really take his time here and the Spurs are fine. They're not, they're not, They're still winning ball games.
1: I mean, Tony Parker was just now getting into like the 20, 20- Three twenty-four 24 minutes a game now. I mean, he sat out, like, three games, and, you know, he started off with 14 and jumped into, like, you know, a, a little more than that, and now he's just now moving up. And then he had that big game uh, last night with 16 points, 7 assists, and that was, I think that was the most, no, no, okay, that was, like, the second most minutes he's gotten since he's been back, that was minutes last night. So, I mean, it, it's good. If, if you look at Parker and how they've used him, I mean, you're, you're probably going to get a good idea of where they're going to go with Kawhi as well.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're right, and you know, look, Parker's been playing for a few weeks now, and and like you mentioned, he's getting all those back-to-backs off on on the second night or first night, and you know, he had his 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 his, his uh, season high in scoring last night um, with those with those 16 points. His previous was 10 against Boston. Um, and so, yeah, so, so like you're, you're right for fans that are concerned about Kawhi's path of how, how their Spurs are kind of using the, the rehab process, follow Parker's schedule, see what they've been doing with Parker first. And cause Parker's been out there for a while now. And even him, he's still under these strict guidelines in, in terms of him um, trying to return. And also from Kawhi's, from Kawhi's part, you know, he, he's already out of the MVP race. He's out of the all-star race. He's out of the, the probably the all NBA race. And so there's no, there's no point. He doesn't have any personal accolades that he can kind of win this season now that he's already missed um 25% of the season, pretty much. So. I, I, you know, like I mentioned, we I think we're both on the same page here. Where we think, let him, let the Spurs. You got to be patient. You know, you may be upset he's not playing on Wednesday against Portland, but you know, you just got to be patient, and he, he eventually will get. Um, you know, he should at least get his legs back under him. Okay, moving on to the next topic, Mike. Let's talk about Dejounte Murray here. Um, the Spurs used an interesting uh, game plan against the Clippers on a Tuesday, on a Monday, should I say? So, so Danny Green was out. He's out with that left groin t- um, tightness, to the left groin. Um, but the Spurs used a three headed point guard monster and here's how they did it. They played Patty Mills at the two, a little bit more on Monday. So they had Tony Parker play 23 minutes coming off the bench behind him was DeJounte Murray with 20 minutes. And then Patty played uh, 23 minutes off the bench at the shooting guard spot. Manu still got 19 minutes and then Brent Forbes started for Danny at 26 minutes. So, so this was an interesting way to kind of get Patty and Forbes some minutes on the, on the court together or, or at different times. And really, you do want to see Murray out there because you know even though like you mentioned he gets in foul trouble. I think last night he had like four fouls really quick or three fouls. But he did he was a big part of them turning that that lead and and, and increasing against the Clippers just his ability to attack off the rim. Uh, I mean, off the dribble. Uh, there was a play and in, in, not before the Clippers game where he uh, he 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 only took I think five dribbles to get from one end of the court to the other. It was on Twitter. Um, uh, one of the guys uh, from, from pound of the rock had tweeted it. So I had retweeted it. It was, it was pretty cool. It was like Giannis level stuff is what I tweeted. So my, my question for you though, is when there, do you think this is something pop's going to do more often? Um, only if like a guy's out from the backcourt, or do you think this is something they could maybe implement um, when everybody's healthy, which is giving Murray that the backup point guard spot and letting Patty play the two. What do you think there?
1: Yeah. I actually like that a lot better because obviously I think uh, Murray's a bit better as far as distributing the ball and, and... Paddy's a more natural uh shooter off of screen and things like that. I think uh the Yankees have gotten a lot better uh, with, uh, with passing. and I I tweeted it last night that he's making better decisions like when he's driving. He don't know whether to force the action and try to get it to him or to dish it back out to somebody on, on the wings or something like that. and I, I feel like he's done a really good job with that. But they just have to get on the minutes, and I think that's been a hard because they have been pretty inconsistent. If you look at, I mean, aside from the most recent three games, before I had like five minutes, there was one game he didn't play, got one minute, so, so they're, I think they're just trying to find minutes in there for him somewhere, and I think with um, Danny, I kind of provided that opportunity for him to play point guard and let Patty slide over, uh, so, so I think that just fits a lot better, especially because usually when you go to the bench, you really have to rely on Moanu um, to be more of that the ball handler with, um, you know, Patty and his skill set being so different, but I mean I'm am like aside from the fouls, I feel like everything else he does, it's like it's it's like controlled aggression. And I think that's like especially for a young point guard, that's really important um you know, to see out of him this early.
0: Yeah, you know, pop has been a little bit more complimentary of him um, as of late, you know, talking about his effort and, and his um and his and his learning ability and how much he's he's progressed. Uh Murray, uh Pal made some so, some good comments about how he's driving and kicking better and reading reading the floor a little bit more, so maybe the game's slowing down for him. And uh, one thing you see is that he kind of has that swagger back. So it's been that like he was he looked. I remember it was the third game of the season when they played the Raptors. It was it was early in the season, and he looked so confident at that point. You know, going against Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry and you just thought that you know he this is going to be the guy that's going to take over for, for the rest of the season Well, then he had that slump where you know he lost his spot to Patty and then you know and then he's kind of been inconsistent ever since but last night you can kind of just see it in his body language you know he's he's very confident coming off pick and rolls if defenses are going under he's going to shoot the mid-range jumper sometimes uh, he's 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 more um, he's way more aggressive now in attacking the rim he's he's making better reads at that so i think that they're getting Murray now right in the right place he's playing very good um, minutes and like i said in the last two games, he's been a big part of turning their runs uh, and and helping to, to to you know get the guys out on the floor and really making some plays on, on both ends of the floor. So, I think this I think that if this is a strategy to to give him the backup spot more often and, and let Patty come off as the two, I think the guy who suffers here is, is probably Brent Forbes when they're healthy because he's probably going to lose some minutes, um, you know, at the backup shooting guard spot if Danny's healthy. So so that remains to be seen. We'll, we'll find out what happens. Um Spurscast listeners, thank you again for listening to Spurscast episode 475. Um we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
2: This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go, in the car, or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.
0: Thank you again for listening to Spurs Cast, Episode Four Hundred Seventy Five. Uh, my name is Paul Garcia. I'm joined by Michael DeLeon. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter at mdeleon. So please, again, if you're on Twitter, follow him at mdeleon. Okay, Spurs Cast listeners, now Mike and I are going to go into uh, previewing the Spurs' next coming for upcoming four games, should I say? Uh, because this, I'll probably be recording the Spurs Cast sometime next Wednesday. Um, you know, after they play the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday. So, so Mike, the first game up. Um, well, first let's talk about the Spurs real quick. Uh, so, in their last ten games, offensively, they're ranked fifteenth. This is still their main issue. Uh, they're scoring one hundred and five point five points per one hundred possessions. Defensively, in the last ten games, they're they're a, they're holding teams to 102.100 uh, possessions. Now, their first game is Wednesday, like we mentioned, at Portland. The Blazers are sixteen and fourteen on the year, fifth in the Western Conference. In their last 10 games, the Blazers have gone 4-6. and six. They're losing by two points a game during that stretch. Uh, Vegas, I had checked right before we recorded, Mike, and uh, Vegas has the Spurs as a one-point favorite. Kawhi and Parker are definitely out. The Spurs have already announced that. Danny Green and Kyle Anderson are both listed as probable. Now, this is big, this is good news for the Spurs because uh, Kyle Anderson has obviously been out for about two or three weeks now, and now he's finally probably about to, to come back. Uh, the Blazers, um, offensively, they're scoring 102.7 points per 100 possessions, which is 22nd in the last 10 games. Defensively, they've, even though they're a top 10 defense overall in the last 10 games, they're struggling here. They're they're, they're letting teams score 106.3 points per 100 possessions, which is 14th uh, at, during that stretch. So, Mike, who do you have Wednesday night um, between the Spurs and Blazers?
1: Yeah, I mean, this one's tough, Charles. You guys say uh, make calls on, on back-to-backs, but... I, the fact that they've got Danny back, um, I, I like that, so I think that they'll get the win here. That It feels that I've been a little bit more worried about who was going to chase down um, CJ McCollum, and, but I, I think uh, having him back will be important, and I think even though they're resting those players, they should still be able to get it done. It's a, a Blazers team that's been pretty uh, mediocre so far this year. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, like I said, having them, luckily you'll get them after you know a day of rest, and so... They should they should be fine. Certain players they are, and still be able to pull off that one, I think.
0: Okay, so you have so you have the Spurs in right, and yeah. that went in the game against Okay, go. Okay, I also have the Spurs here. Um, you know, the Blazers have actually like flip, flipped flipped uh, their 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 script where they've always been known as like that crazy good offensive team with Lillard and McCollum. But this year they're actually struggling. There, they're they're not a very good offense. They have they have their issues. And then defensively, they have been way better than in the past. But right now, like I mentioned, they're going through a tough stretch. And I just think that if you're not a top ten defense, and even though the Spurs are having their struggles, you know, incorporating players, yada yada yada, you're you're, you're toast against the Spurs team. They they do very well when you're not a top ten defense, and they don't really have a lot of problems moving the ball. Are getting to their spots. I think that it kind of help in terms of, of knowing your role. I think it kind of helps that Kawhi's out a little bit in this one because just because you know they, they, the Spurs know right away we're going to LaMarcus as our key guy. You know whether Danny or Kyle played, it, it doesn't matter because these I mean it does matter. But in terms of like guys knowing their roles, they're kind of they're going to be more comfortable and knowing what to do. That the younger guys are going to get some more minutes. So I think that the Spurs will probably um, get a win in Portland as well. Okay, then on Thursday, uh, the Spurs play at Utah. Uh, the Jazz are currently fourteen and seventeen on the year, uh, ninth place in the Western Conference. In their last ten games, the Jazz are four and six. Their um, their their margin is uh, plus one point seven points per game. Uh, in their last ten games, the J- Jazz are scoring one hundred and nine point seven points per hundred possessions, which is ranked eighth during that stretch. Um, defensively, they're holding teams to one hundred eight point two points per hundred possessions, which is twenty third during the last ten games. Uh, Rudy Gobert, I think, is out at the moment because um, their leading scorers are Donovan Mitchell, um, 23.6 points per game, uh, Alec Burks, and, and Joe Ingles. And this is, again, in the, during the last 10 games. Uh, Mike, who do you have Thursday uh, at Utah? And this is probably a game where Kawhi and Parker play.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I was trouble picking wins, but I'm picking a win again just because I, I feel like the Jazz had some struggles. I mean, they lost so many players over the offseason, Ricky Rubio. Uh, it's taken them some time to get adjusted with him, and to him for him to get adjusted to Utah, and that's not working. I think as well as they expected with with Gobert out. I mean that that definitely hurts them. So they're going to be leading a lot on Donovan Mitchell, and while he's been able to do a lot for them this year, and kind of came out of nowhere to um, you know, put up crazy numbers. That's kind of a lot to, to to put on a younger guy. I mean they just recently played uh, Chicago, who's seven and twenty, and they lost. That one, So I think the, the Spurs, will, especially with uh, Parker and, and Leonard back, I think they should be able to get that one on national TV.
0: Okay, I agree with you as well, Mike. I, I have the Spurs winning that game. And again, it comes back to the, the Jazz defense. Without Gobert, they're 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 23rd during the last 10 games, and that, that's a problem uh, if you're trying to guard the Spurs offense. And then the Spurs, the fact that the Spurs do play a really good defense. So yeah, I have the Spurs as well on that one. Um, then the Spurs travel to Sacramento on Saturday. They play the Kings. The Kings are 9-20 and this year, 13th at the Western Conference. Um, they're 4-6 in their last 10 games. They're getting outscored by 7 points per game during the, that stretch. Uh, there's not very good numbers for the Kings. They're Offensively, they're scoring 102.6 points per one of possessions, which is 23rd during the last 10 games. Defensively, they're holding teams to 110.6, which is 29th during the last 10 games. Uh, in the last 10 games, their leading scorers are, are one of their oldest players, Zach Randolph, 19 points a game. Uh, one of the young guys, Buddy, Healed, 12 points. And then George Hill, 11.3. And there's obviously been rumors that Hill's obviously not happy. He had thought that when he signed that deal for Sacramento, he was going to be on a playoff team or team fighting for the playoffs, and they're obviously not going that direction. Uh, Mike, could
1: you have that one on Saturday in that game? I guess I really I, so far I'm going 0 because the, the Kings are just a you know, you can say a lot about uh, about George Hill and the team he picked, but like, they just are not looking good no matter what they've done in this office, no matter who they picked up. They're just not coming together, and they've got a bunch of young players and they're, they're choosing to play those young guys. It seems like a lot more than, than some of the proven veterans. And so, like I said, it hasn't worked out, and I can't see, especially, you know, the way. They're having a hard time scoring, um, and their defense isn't really good enough. I think to contend, so uh, that's another
0: Spurs win. Yeah, I've got the, the Spurs easily in that one, even though it's their first time um, playing the Kings this year. And you know, George, you, you got the money, but you kind of signed up. You knew that you, you and Zebo and Vince Carter were there. I mean, as Vince, yeah, I think Vince Carter went there too. They're there to um, kind of be mentors, and, and you know, it's it's the, they're a bunch of young players, and young players just don't play well. Um, without any a lot of a lot of direction and um, really all star type level players on the roster, okay, Mike. And then the, the last game will be a uh, Tuesday. Um, the Spurs host the Brooklyn Nets for the first time this season. Uh, the Nets are 11 and 18 this year, 11th in the Eastern Conference. They are four and six in their last ten games, getting outscored by five and a half points per game. Uh, offensively they're 27th 100 100.1 points per 100 possessions in their last 10 games defensively they're they're better they're probably the best defensive the Spurs will see during the stretch uh, 11th holding teams to 106 um, points per 100 possessions again this is during the last 10 games uh, they're led by Rondé Hollis Jefferson 14.9 um, points per game Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Levert uh, and these are again in their last 10 games who do you have in this one um, in San Antonio Monday I mean Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I mean I I really hope I don't get called out for being on Spurs when we're on this one, but I mean they're going to be coming they're going to be coming off of two days of rest, and then they've got Brooklyn, um, and you know I, I just don't think they have enough really, uh, you know they they've got I mean LeVert's been kind of a, a nice surprise, and and you know they make some trades recently that I wasn't really a big fan of, and I think that their team is uh, you know in worse shape because of that. So I, you know I just don't see them. Being able to do much to to get a win, Brooklyn just doesn't seem like they've had trouble with pretty much everybody. The Raptors outscored them one twenty to eighty seven. I mean, they lost to the Knicks pretty badly. I mean, so really their their only considerable win lately has been against the Wizards, who have had you know their troubles this year. So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with (laughs) 4-0.
0: No, uh don't don't feel like a Homer, it's just it's a schedule, man. Like <laughs> you know, if if the Rockets were on this, we'd probably both pick a loss, right, for the Spurs yeah, or definitely. the Warriors. <laughs> Exactly. So it's it's kind of the schedule. You know, these are just like the way I evaluate the Spurs. I look at the other team's defense. And if if, if your defense because that's the Spurs' biggest issue, it's it's almost on the it's mostly on the offensive end where they just get in these muddles and uh, where they just can't score. And then it obviously affects their defense because they're missing so many shots. Teams get transition opportunities, kind of what the Rockets did to them, basically. And if you're not a great defense against the Spurs, you really have a tough time because then because then their game plan, when they're kicking it to Aldridge, uh, and then running a lot of pick and roll action, they can kind of just carve you apart. Or even if it's, if it's an ugly one, the Spurs can still kind of squeak it out there. So I, I'm with you as well. I think they beat the, beat the Nets as well. So I, we both have them going four and zero this week. So we'll see if we're right, you know, by the next time I record um, next Wednesday. Okay. Spurs cast listeners. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 475. Um, make sure that if you're on Twitter, follow Michael DeLeon on Twitter at M uh, Just a few more promotional um, events. Uh, If you have questions about the Spurs, please send them to hashtag SpursCast. We'll make sure to answer them on next week's podcast. Uh, If you're on Twitter, follow us at Project Spurs, at AT ATLeague underscore NBA, at the SpursCast, and at Project Spurs Network. Uh, online, please visit us at ProjectSpurs.com, dot com, and project And again, please if you're on if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. So for Michael DeLeon, I'm Paul Garcia, and from the whole Project Spurs staff, uh, we, we we want y'all all have a great holiday season. Please be safe out there and enjoy the holidays.